Hey, you're listening to The Treehouse Storyteller. Meet me in the treehouse for God-shaped storytelling. Treehouse Storyteller is where we can come together as messy parents seeking Jesus together and raising kids to love him too. If you aren't scared of addressing cultural issues head on and finding a deeper understanding of the biblical worldview to share with your children, then you've come to the right place. I'm not afraid to be transparent and tell all of the juicy details. Our children are being chased by the world and it is our job to be well-equipped and know not only how to lead our flock, but successfully send our arrows out into the world one day to build the kingdom. So snuggle up by the fire or soak up the sunshine with those earbuds in and meet me in the treehouse for some biblical storytelling. Hey, and welcome back to the Treehouse Storyteller. This is episode three, and I am so excited to bring this word to you today. As you listen, to this concept of bridges, and also we'll talk about fireflies, I want you to think about how this can change not only your life, but how you can use these illustrations and analogies to bless your children and to teach them on their level. All right, meet me in the treehouse. Hey guys, welcome back to the Treehouse Storyteller. I want you guys to envision in your head with me today a bridge. Now, this could be any bridge. Maybe it's a bridge you have walked on. Maybe it's one you have driven over. Maybe you went on horseback. I don't know. I want you to picture a a bridge from memory, or maybe you are a great designer or architect and you want to dream up one in your head right now. So I want you to think about what that bridge looks like. Is it, uh, does it have a tunnel? Does it have, is it large? Is it small? Are there boats going underneath? Uh, Does it have lights? Perhaps it's to get over a giant body of water and maybe it's just to walk across a small stream. Now for me, I always think of the bridge in San Diego And it is one of the most beautiful yet terrifying bridges because you just want to hurry and go fast to the other side because it is a giant curve that is not only curving, but also going up and down over a large body of water. But I still love it. I'm fascinated by it. I think it is beautiful. Now, we have bridges in our lives. And let me explain what that means. We have often situations where we have something on the other side of this metaphorically speaking bridge, okay? There's something, maybe there's a, an anxiety or a fear or a job decision or a big step, and we have to cross a bridge to get to the other side. And I think all of us have some sort of either big or small bridge happening in most seasons of our life, not necessarily every single day, but we have to make decisions, big or small, worrisome or hopeful, exciting or scary. We have to cross some sort of bridge on a frequent basis, really. So a lot of times it's war going on in our own heart, right? That there there are things going on that We can't necessarily fully control the circumstances, but 
we do learn, especially in scripture, we have choices because God gave us free will. We have a choice on how to respond. And so we have a choice of how our heart can travel on that bridge. So think of, you know, maybe if, if you want to, you know, travel difficultly, maybe you're walking over the bridge. Now, maybe you are running, maybe you're scared, or maybe you are just chasing something exciting and maybe you're running to the other side. Maybe you're tripping and falling. There is a bridge that I used to walk across. I bet it is still there, (laughs) but it was on one of my favorite golf courses growing up in Mishawaka, Indiana, and it had giant slats that we used to joke that we were going to fall through. And sometimes your bridge feels like that. It feels like there are huge gaps that if you walk across this bridge and you try to get to the other side, you're going to fall in the water before you ever even arrive. Maybe that's how your bridge looks right now. And then there are bridges that are paved and beautiful and giant and take you on a beautiful experience across to the other side. Maybe that's your bridge right now. If that's your bridge, I think that's awesome. I want you to, as we talk, to just keep picturing what kind of bridge you have and what that looks like. So I want to really push in to the importance for a second about accountability and community. It's something my husband and I talk about often, especially community, that if we surround ourselves with believers and we circle up around the fire with one another, we feed each other truth and we stay joined together, how much more our hearts will remember his promises and pursue gratitude through any season. And especially when you have a season that involves bridges and crossing a bridge. So I want you to think about also who is around you on this bridge, who is walking on the bridge with you, who's cheering you on from the other side, or maybe who is waving goodbye to you on the initial side that you're coming from. So we have promises from God. So Jesus gifted us with eternal life. His desire for us is to have a full and abundant life. His promises are constantly being stated in scripture. For us, not against us. Freedom in Christ as his daughter, Psalms 119.45. Or Joshua 119, one of our favorites, with us. He's with us wherever we go, right? So our identity has been claimed. So as we walk across a bridge or come up to a bridge, it's important for us to stay rooted in who we are because I think those bridges can be scary and and can change how we feel about ourselves. So let's claim our identity before we walk across this bridge. So in Romans 8.16, for the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. So we're standing right on the edge of this bridge, getting ready to cross, or maybe we're kind of stuck in the middle and we need to remember we are God's beloved child. Now I won't go into details, but I am kind of right in the middle of a bridge right now. And I feel like I'm too far in it to turn around and go back. 
but I'm nervous about continuing forward. I am like on a rope footbridge. Okay. So I'm like holding on to both sides and I needed pushed to even get onto this bridge. Okay. I did not want to go. I didn't want to look down. It's that kind of bridge. There's huge slats. I could totally fail some point along this way. Okay. So I'm on this footbridge and I have to take each step in faith and each step super carefully. And I have to remember how I started and why I started and who I am to keep going. Now let's look further at what God says about us. So our faith, I'm going to read from Romans 5.1, our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us. We get a transfer. You go to a restaurant and you get like a punch card. Those often say non-transferable and it's really not a big deal. Like people cheat on those all the time, right? But our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness. God is gifting us a transfer of his righteousness to us. That's like mind-blowing. And he now declares us flawless in his eyes. This means we can now enjoy true and lasting peace with God, all because of what our Lord Jesus, the anointed one, has done for us. Romans 5.1. This is him telling us we are fully equipped. Not only are we fully equipped, we literally are holding his righteousness and we are flawless in his eyes. So now grip back onto that bridge or get back in the car or start walking, whatever your bridge picture is, know that you have a giant shield and backpack and belt all equipped with all of his tools and all of his righteousness. And now I feel like I can stand up taller. I feel like I don't see all the creepy cracks in the wood. I feel like I'm trusting the bridge more because I know that I have a stronger ability and that I'm equipped because if I'm equipped with his righteousness, he's not going to let me fall. If he's taking me on this journey, I'm going to walk in the confidence that Christ gave me. Okay, let's look at one more scripture. Let's look at Psalms 37, four through five. See what else God says about who we are. Make God the utmost delight and pleasure of your life, and he will provide for you what you desire the most. Give God the right to direct your life. And as you trust him along the way, you'll find he pulled it off perfectly. Now, this is a paraphrased version. I don't remember if this is the message or the ESV, but this is Psalms 37, four through five. Guys, he knows our heart. If we give our life daily, if we lay our burdens down at the foot of his cross and we say, God, lead me. God, I'm in your word. I will follow you. God, show me, guide me with your Holy Spirit. He knows our hearts. He knows the desires of our hearts, right? So we can trust that he has our best interest in mind. He's not out for our harm. He's out for our good. So how much more confidently now are we traveling on that bridge? One thing I think is really important if we are in a season of going across a bridge is we already talked about our identity. 
we talked about having a community and accountability around us, but let's look at also our heart and our mindset of what our thoughts look like during this process. I believe we travel the best if we, if we remember to have gratitude and thanksgiving. And sometimes that's really hard in the moment of the thing, whatever that thing is that we're going across or going through, sometimes it's hard to be thankful. Sometimes it's hard to have a grateful heart because the circumstance isn't fun and it's ugly. And maybe it literally looks like hot coals or lava or a a lake of fire underneath this bridge and you're sweating and you're burning hot trying to get to the other side. Sometimes that's what it looks like. Maybe you're going through a bridge that has been created by grief and you don't you just feel like that bridge is going to last forever and you're never going to get to the other side and feel his peace in your life or feel the weight come off of the burden that you're experiencing. And if that is you, I'm praying so hard for you to feel his presence in your life. But waking up every day, even if a today looks really glim, waking up and giving thankfulness to God for your life. And I'm not saying to be like thankful for the crappy circumstance. That's not what I'm saying. I think that's a lot of Christians kind of get mixed up in that. Like, oh, I'm so thankful that so-and-so died because it's just brought so much learning. And no, like, don't be thankful for like the crappy thing, but be thankful for who God is in spite of the crappy thing. Be thankful that God never leaves you, never forsakes you, that he claims you, that he transferred his righteousness so that you can walk through this with him. Be thankful for his glory that will be given from a horrible thing because he brings all things, all things good. He finds the good to come out of it. That doesn't mean he creates it to have a good thing because that's, that's kind of crazy. I would never create a terrible thing for my child just to go see. Isn't that good? That that's ludicrous. Um, what are we choosing to meditate on? What are you choosing to meditate on? Are you meditating on certain entertainments? Are you meditating on Instagram reels? I'll raise my hand on that one. If I am bored and checking out at the end of the day, I'm internal. As I like to say, I'm totally going internal. I don't have any words left to say. And I just start scrolling. Just not doing anything, just scrolling, looking at really, I mean, some of it's life-giving. I follow some really awesome accounts, but still like, it's like speed, (laughs) it's like speed dating. I mean, how much are you really allowing that to penetrate into your heart? Like in a real true way, it's just kind of like flooding you with way too much that you can't even digest. Um, So what in your life are you thankful for, even during this time of transition where you are trying to get to the other side? All right, here is a favorite one. 
Finally, believers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable and worthy of respect, whatever is right and confirmed by God's word, whatever is pure and wholesome, whatever is lovely and brings peace, whatever is admirable and of good repute, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think continually on these things, center your mind on them and implant them in your heart. I believe that's the Passion Version. I love the Passion Bible. If you don't have a copy, pick one up or read it in whatever app you use. It's usually there. That is Philippians 4, 8. You guys, we have constant reminders in scripture to fix our mind on the right thing, which tells me that we're often fixed on the wrong thing. If God has to remind us and hit us over the head with a frying pan so many times, metaphorically, but if he has to include in his word over and over and over again who we are and how to think, that tells me it's human nature to get lost in who we are and have a false identity and also to think about things that are not of him. I think that's such a simple concept, but so hard to remember. So if we can just push into those two concepts right there, then crossing this bridge will become a lot easier. Let's remember who we are. Let's remember what he's given us. Let's remember to be thankful for what we do have in him. Even if the whole world is crumbling to ash, we can be thankful for him. Nothing on this earth will last. It will all turn to ash. So our focus of what we are thankful for has to be his glory and his power in our life. That's the only thing that we have left when it's all said and done. So if we keep our eyes focused on the end prize, that is Jesus and eternal salvation in his arms, then that bridge starts looking smaller. You guys, like... We're almost on the other side now. It's getting smaller and smaller. Okay, so this tells us with those concepts, whether we are living in the spirit or in the flesh. Now we want to all say, oh, I'm living in the spirit. But our actions will tell us if we are. Okay, and this is not condemnation. This is trying to just pinpoint the problem. So if we are living in the flesh, We are thinking about things that are ungodly. We're meditating on things that are not of life, that are of darkness. We're meditating on fear, anxiety, worry, depression. All we're focused on is that bridge and how long it is and that big problem that's underneath that I'm trying to not step on and I'm trying to avoid. I'm trying to cross over or or get through. But then there is living in the spirit and focusing on his goodness, and walking in his righteousness, and knowing we are his. We are fully his. We are in his identity. Our identity is rooted in Christ if we have him. And all of the promises that come with that, we have been claimed by him. Remember back in Romans eight sixteen, for the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, You are God's beloved child. We can walk in the spirit knowing we are God's beloved child. I feel like I can 
cross a bridge better, so much better, sitting with that identity and that purpose in my life, knowing I am God's beloved child. Don't you mess with me, bridge. I got you. I am stepping on you and I am getting elsewhere. I'm going to do the thing. I am making this choice in confidence in Christ because it's where he wants me now. Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. We're doing some Bible aerobics today, as I like to say. Hebrews 13, 15. Let's go to Exodus 15, 2. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. So both of these verses are about the words that come out of our mouth, are the fruit of our lips giving thanks to him, praising him with our voice, um, giving song to him, exalting him, claiming him as our father, claiming him as our God. And these are one in the New Testament, one in the Old. And God is making sure that he is reminding us in his word to audibly praise his name. Now I'll put more in the show notes, but um, I have a whole list of scriptures that go along with this that you can look up on your own. We are designed to be the light, but we live our life within the darkness. So we are called to live this life on this earth, and we are really just here for a glimpse of time. But if we have Jesus, we are called to be walking a walking representation of his glory. We are a piece of his glory. Every one of us that's in Christ, we are showing a piece of light, a piece of his glory. And we are walking in darkness of the world. So I just picture like a little firefly. We don't have them in Colorado. As long as I have been here, I've not seen one which is kind of sad. But growing up in Indiana, we had fireflies. Oh my goodness, for nights and nights. You just you went outside once they came out and it was so fun. Here you're like, um, it's dark, there's bears and mountain lions. Let's go inside. <laughs> so unless we're camping, that's different. But if we're around the house, we I just picture like this little, this little tiny firefly that has that light. And it is 100 percent surrounded in the darkness, but it's just flying around doing its thing. Hey, I'm light. Hey, darkness, you can see me and it's just going. That's who we are in this world. And then I think of like the kid that like tries to, you know, catch them and put them in a jar. I totally did that. And oh my goodness, I'm going to go super deep here. Okay. It's just, I, the kid is not the enemy. However, this is what the enemy does. He tries to grab a hold of all of us that are light, right? And he tries to get us in his snare and grab us and put us in a jar. I know it's super profound, <laughs> but think of it like the enemy sees that we are light in his dark world that he just loves to be in. And he's like, oh, there's another one. And he tries to snag us up and hide us in his jar. And it's, you know, going back to the childhood song, don't let Satan it out. I'm going to let it shine. I won't sing. I really, I think I'm going to promise that I probably, I'm going to say probably because there might be this weird moment, but I'm going to try not to ever sing on the podcast. I'm not a singer. I love singing. So in that regard, like I am a, a praise God singer. I love belting it out. 
when the music is up too loud that you can't hear me next to you, I will be singing really loud. But like soloist and on this uh, platform here, you won't be hearing me sing. <laughs> um, I got to be in choir in high school. So we'll just leave it at that. I'm still upset about it. Um, so anyway, but but the enemy tries to take us that are of light and he tries his darnest to hide us or to blow us out which is so sad because the enemy, Satan, Lucifer, he was the angel of morning light. That was his name. And it's so sad to me. Like he is absolutely the enemy that has gone so far and like destroyed the whole world and brought sin into our world. And, and it stinks because God created him to be something beautiful and he distorted it. And he has not stopped distorting light ever since. So we have to focus on God's glory and God's light and living in the spirit because we're living in a dark world, guys, especially right now. And I'm sure there's been a point in time of every generation that has said, especially right now, the world is really screwed up right now. And I think of like the 60s and 70s and Jesus revolution just came out. I cannot wait to go see it. Um, I've just heard amazing things about it, but, but like my parents' time growing up in all of the Vietnam, all of, you know, JFK being shot, like all that kind of stuff and feeling, I talked to a, an older lady at our church and she's like, oh my goodness, everything that you young people, <laughs> and I don't feel like I'm the young people anymore, but She's like, you guys are going through this season in our culture, but that is how I felt back in the 60s and 70s. Like I was like, God, come back. This is it. And it was fascinating to me to hear that from her because I am sure every God-fearing person has felt that way at some point in their life with world circumstances, with news, with the media with the, you know, with a natural disaster, with whatever it is in their time, the current events going on, like that was it for them. Like they, they really thought God was coming back right then. And we don't know, no one knows when God's coming back, but we are in the days that it is getting closer, right? So we have to realize that we have to be his light because it would be a darn shame if we hid our light from the world and prevented someone else to see his glory and to choose him as their savior. Because that's what we're doing when we are not acting in boldness, not acting out of being his child. If we fully, fully know, and I'm speaking to myself too, guys, if we fully know our identity in Christ, then shouldn't that make us scream it from the mountaintops? Shouldn't that make us want to tell it to the person at the grocery store? Shouldn't that make us want to have like a stand on a soapbox street ministry? Like, oh my word, guys, you're missing it. Follow me. I know the answer. I mean, shouldn't, shouldn't we feel that kind of movement and not be suppressed by the weight of the world, but instead have, have an answer for the world? Because we do, we hold an answer. Okay. So here's some scripture to back this up. Genesis 1, 4 God divided the light from darkness and called the light good. So there's a division here. There is light and there's dark. We have a choice of which side we're on. Matthew 5, 6, let your light shine. We're told we have the light. Matthew 5, 14, you are 
the light of the world. Are we walking in it? Are we walking in the confidence that we are the light? Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. 516. Without our light, the world remains in darkness. That's the plan. That is totally the plan. Um, I don't remember if it was Chuck Smith or someone in his time kind of came out with a quote that, you know, they kind of, they, they came up with like a funny skit between like Jesus talking to the angels when he got to heaven and they're like, okay, all right. So what's your plan? And God, or, and Jesus answered like, well, I told 12 men and they need to go tell, tell men. And then those men will tell those men about me. And the angels were like, that's it. And Jesus was like, yeah, that's the plan. <laughs> and it's funny. It's kind of comical to picture that conversation, but it's also like, oh shoot, that's, that means like, that's on us. Like we need to be his light or this plan kind of fails. So, um, we have a big, big responsibility to be God's, God's light on earth. Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them for the Lord, our God. He is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Deuteronomy 31, 6. Guys, we are never alone. When we are going on these bridges, we're, we're going across the pain, going across whatever the thing is, whether it's a goal, a life decision, a hurt, we are not alone. Never, ever. Guys, I just hope that whatever burden, whatever decision, whatever thing you're going through, whatever is underneath that bridge or on the other side of the bridge in your life right now, I just pray that some of these words spoke to you, that you can walk taller and more confidently in who you are in Christ and know that you are equipped by him and know that your identity is rooted in him as his child and that you are walking through to the other side with thankfulness. Otherwise, it's going to be a miserable journey and you're going to keep tripping and stubbing your toe and you're going to get frustrated. But if you choose to walk with thankfulness, your mindset, your heart is going to shift. And even if it's the hardest journey or the hardest walk or the hardest ride you've ever had to make, I just pray that it is lighter because you are taking it with his power. You're walking it with his spirit and you are choosing to be the light and a testimony and what God can do during this time period. And during your travel, you can come out on the other side, be like, guys, like, look what God got me through. Look what God did. He was so faithful. And you'll have a testimony on the other side of that. So thank you so much for listening today. I hope this blessed you. I hope this was an encouragement. Make sure you listen, go back and listen to episode two. I interviewed um, the most incredible master naturalist, and I'll let you listen to find out what that means. If you don't know, totally had to ask her. Wait, before you go, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and head on over to Instagram or Facebook and follow us on Treehouse Storyteller or check us out 
online at thetreehousestoryteller.com for more products, blogs, photography, and encouragement. See you soon.